Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. You know, all of us were beginners at some point in our real estate journey. And if you're just starting out, then today's highlights episodes are just for you. Our guest, you've probably heard of him before. If not, you should have. His name's Mark Kenny. Thanks for being on the show, Mark. Whitney, a pleasure to be on the show for sure. Most will say they wish they had started bigger and changing that mindset. What's the biggest hurdle there and how do you help people get around that? Uh, you know, so we started small and I didn't know what syndication was. So I started, I bought my first deal about 26 years ago and didn't know what syndication was at all. And reality is when people start saying, oh my gosh, you know, a hundred units, they need to realize that they're not doing it on their own. I mean, you can, but most people can't starting out. So if someone looks at it and says, it's a hundred doors, how do I possibly do that? And the reality is, well, you partner with somebody that's done it before, but you have to add value. So we talk to people on a regular basis and people say, hey, I listen to podcasts, it's great. I read books and go to events, but there's nothing like doing a deal. And people, they think they know more than they know. And I'm not trying to be you know mean about it, but I use the example of boxing, UFC, things like that. If someone reads a book, how to fight for two years of reading books and someone else is in the ring fighting for two years, I'm pretty confident I know what's going to happen if they both get in the ring together. It's reality. It's totally different. They're taken to the extreme. So getting in and doing a deal, everyone that in our group has done a deal is like, man, there was more to that than I thought, even though they're educated up front and things like that, but things come up. But other people will say, well, I've read a lot. I've done all this stuff and I have a lot of time. And again, time in my mind is useless because if you don't have something of value, most people don't want to spend time just because you have time with you. You know, you have to give something back to somebody and you need to go through the effort and skill set, you know, is something that you have to develop. But reality is you don't have to go through every single step on your own. You need to find maybe that one thing that you're naturally born with, or if you have capital, that's a pretty easy way to get involved in the deal, but a lot of people don't. But there are a lot of other ways to get involved in deals with people that don't have capital. So let's discuss a few of those things. I know it's a big topic and most people, if they're trying to get into this business, I would say a large portion of them, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, don't have the capital, you know, don't have a hundred thousand that they can invest in one of these deals to contribute in that way. You know, let's lay out a few ways that somebody can really take some actionable steps or figure out some kind of way that they can seriously add value to somebody that will take them under their wing. Yeah. I mean, there are multiple ways to get involved. If you look at it and say, well, if someone has money, it's easy. They can put earnest money down for somebody or they can sign the loan for net worth, liquidity. If someone has no money to really get started, then they can still do other things like they could raise capital. And some people that, that freaks them out. I was petrified of doing it originally. I really was. Didn't want to do it. You know, Didn't really ask my dad for money. Like I think twice my entire life, asking him for money. I didn't want to ask other people for money. And you have to kind of mind shift a little bit and say, well, you're not really trying to get money from somebody. You really are providing an opportunity. In most cases, people don't even know they can do it. Now, some people won't invest no matter what. Other people you might talk to for two years before they invest. And some people might invest pretty much right away. It's going to vary, but you, you can't take it personally because at the end of the day, you're providing an opportunity better than almost any other opportunity out there that they're investing in today. 
and they can make a decision to do that or not. So one, get really good at raising capital from other people. The other one is analyzing deals. So if someone comes to us and they'll say, well, you know, I'm an engineer, I'm an accountant or whatever it may be. Generally speaking, people that are like that, you know, IT professionals, they're going to be good at analyzing deals. It's a balance. Sometimes they're too conservative, frankly. In reality, they'll never buy anything, right? So you need someone actually to kind of hone in on that and say, okay, well, here's some things you need to look at. But you can get really good at analyzing deals. You're not going to get really good at analyzing deals by doing five or 10 deals, analyzing them. You're going to have to analyze a lot of deals to get good at it. And it's not just the mechanical piece of it. You need to know what to look for. And that's where the trick comes and and what looks out of whack. Even as a passive investor, you should understand those things. What makes a deal on paper look good or not. So you could raise capital, you can analyze deals, and you can find deals. Finding deals is trickier. Now, people say, oh, I get emails for deals and stuff like that. I mean, yeah, you can get anyone's email list, all the big brokerage firms, and get deals every single day sent to me. But I'm not going to waste my time on those. So I'd much rather build those relationships. And if you're new, brokers typically, they're not going to promote you to a seller. And the seller is not going to want to sell to you if you have no experience. We've sold properties, right? And there's no way I would ever sell property to a first-time buyer. I just wouldn't do it. I would actually accept a lower offer on a deal to get somebody that's credible. So building those relationships. Now, if you don't have those relationships, you need to leverage somebody else's track record. So people in our group, we call our group, you know, it's a family syndication group, which you can provide value in all these different ways. Half a dozen ways you can get involved in a deal. You don't have to do it all on your own. But they can leverage our track record. They get our broker contacts. They can call them, tell them they're working with us. And if it's an area that we're not familiar with, we have brokers locally that will make introductions to brokers in other states. So we're in five states now or multiple locations, submarkets. But people say, well, I'm a hustler. I just go call brokers and stuff like that. Or I'm going to go to the seller directly. Yeah, you can do all those things. But I'll be talking to those same people a year later and they won't have a deal. It's just reality. Yeah. You've seen it time and time again now, coaching all these people that you understand that better than most for sure. But gaining that tracker, like you're talking about as a seller, you're not going to spend that time with somebody that's never had a deal before. And so I think understanding that as somebody that's getting started, you have no track record. And so how are ways that you get past that? I know we're figuring out ways that we can add value to somebody. And how does that come into gaining that track record so we can get started? Yeah, I mean, the easiest is to partner up with somebody that has a track record. And you can use the statement, you know, partners and I, which is true, partners and I own X number of doors. We're in you know multiple states, etc. We did like 20 deals last year, and we're going to probably do about the same this year. So that gets the broker's attention. If you say, well, I'm just going to do it on my own, I'm not going to partner with anybody, then kind of say good luck. I'm not saying it's impossible. It is possible. You're going to want to target brokers in a firm that are new, in my opinion. Don't go to the guys that have been around. Don't go to the biggest guy in the firm. He might be nice to you. There's no way he's going to give you a deal. You need to go to the 25-year-old that's eager, just starting out, and they're going to drum up business, and you build that relationship with them. The guy has been around the brokerage firm. It's same with us. We go to you know Atlanta. You know, there's a couple of firms there that reach out to us, and we're on one of the few people that reach out to on all of our market deals. And those big guys, they can do that. They have the deals, you know, they trade there, sell, are never listed. They go to three or four people that they know can close deals. What do you think? And that's how the deals get closed. So I'd say work with the eager young guy in the firm, and you might have an easier time getting a deal that way. Some of the bigger guys won't even respond to you as far as email or phone calls or things like that. 
Wow. Great information. Yeah, starting with that eager broker that's kind of new as well. And maybe he doesn't have all the connections to all these experienced buyers yet. So look at the pictures too and some of the things and not to be whatever. Look for the young guy. That's going to be your best bet if you don't have a track record. Okay. So maybe we're not ready to have that conversation yet or call that broker, but maybe we're looking for somebody that we can still add this value to that already has that track record like we were talking about. How would you advise going about that, Mark? finding that person and really showing that you can add value. Because even a lot of experienced syndicators, obviously, are very busy, right? Calendar's very full. It's hard to take that 30-minute call maybe with somebody to figure out, okay, is this somebody that has some skills or what's their desires? Is it going to be a good fit? All those things. But how do they find that person? What's your take on that? Yeah, it's hard to do it remotely. It's possible. But I mean, I think, you know, social media and some of the other say, bigger pockets and like that are, are great. But end of the day, you're going to probably have to get it off your butt and go somewhere. It's just that connection face to face. So, I mean, you know, Dan Hanford, I love the guy. His remote conference is phenomenal. But end of the day, it still doesn't give you that face to face directly. But it's an awesome conference. I highly recommend it. I really do. So you might have to go to a meetup. You might have to go on a plane and go to a two-day event. Spend your entire weekend at events. And really... It's like when you're hiring for a job, right? You see a resume and things like that. But if you meet somebody in person and you connect with them, in some cases, it's not just connecting with on the business side. Maybe you have some sort of other connection. You know, we've adopted, you've adopted, right? So when we had breakfast that time, that was a connection that we had in my mind because it was something unique that we both had done. I have people that will call me literally say, well, I'm a twin too. So I called you because you're a twin. I'm a, you know, I have an identical twin brother. Or you went to Michigan State University. Literally, people are like, I never would have called you if you didn't go there. So getting those connection points, not all business, people are like, well, you know, this is someone I might actually give more of a chance to. But when somebody, you just calling someone, email on them, it happens all the time. Hey, I'm, I listen to all these podcasts. I've read books. I can be good at analyzing deals and I want to partner with you and things like that. Like you said, it's, we just don't have time for that. I mean, wish we did, but we don't. We have a coaching program that's different. Some people, they look at it as an investment and they get their investment back. Other people look at it like, I don't want to pay for that. And that's fine. I mean, it's really a choice people have to make. But at the end of the day, if you look at most people that have been successful, we hire coaches. We we just hired a coach today, frankly, a new business coach. So, and we've hired coaches in the past and you pay a lot of money for that. But I look at it and go, it's an investment. And I think that investment is going to pay off 10 times when I'm paying, but it's still a big investment. Our guest is Gary Lipsky. Thanks for being on the show, Gary. Thanks for having me. I'm a big fan of the show. You moved into full-time real estate. Tell us a little bit about that real estate journey. We know you've invested passively in quite a few deals. How did you know that it was going to be syndication that you wanted to jump into as opposed to house flipping or even buying duplexes or something like that as opposed to trying to go to larger commercial space? Investing in real estate, it's like chasing a squirrel. There's so many ways to invest in real estate. And quite honestly, I didn't know I wanted to invest in syndication from the beginning. Do I want to invest in a duplex and whatnot? I was constantly looking at I'm a scale guy and I like building teams. And if you're buying a duplex or a quad, it's more of a mom and pop. And I wanted to run a legitimate real estate business. And the best way to do that is through a syndication and partnering with others. So when you've got that scale, you can have more partners and you're sharing resources. So that's what I liked about it. And so probably about six months into my real estate journey, I 
really focused on that. And that included going to tons of meetups, conferences, reading books, just constantly educating myself on all the different avenues and really focusing on the syndication path. Okay. Wow. Yeah. A lot of people get here by... And I just talked to somebody else just the beginning of the week talked about they felt like they had to do flipping first. They had to do that. Like they had to just kind of graduate to get into something like an apartment. And for syndication, you see those big apartment buildings and you think, wow, who could buy one of those? Maybe I'll be there 20 years from now or 30, maybe. So yeah, it's neat to learn about syndication and figure out that, okay, there's ways to make this happen. And it's what you just said by being able to partner and and scaling that way. So tell us a little bit about you had a background, of, like you said, of building teams. Tell us a little bit about the first team that you built to get your syndication business started, what that looked like, maybe the first business partner or what that looked like. Well, it's constantly building bigger and bigger and bigger, whether it's equity partners or people with maybe more experience than me or access to capital. So I'm constantly always looking to build that team and doing that at conferences and meetups and stuff like that. But, you know, just doing local meetups, quite honestly, you start seeing the same people and talking to them and what do they need? What do I need? And seeing how we can help each other. And that's actually how I found my partner in the syndication business, Kyle Mitchell, by consistently going to the meetup, talking about deals, visiting properties together, talking to brokers. He knew some brokers that I didn't and I knew brokers that that he didn't. And we just kept sharing our resources. And then it just kept growing from there. We didn't necessarily set out to be partners, but it kind of evolved that way because we were putting the time in together. Kind of a different question here, but how would you say investing in many other deals passively prepared you for being a syndicator? Definitely deal flow. Just seeing how they're underwriting, reversion cap, how are they looking at a market? I would save every investment offering I got and say, oh, I like that, how they did that. Oh, I like how they did that and kept building that file. And the first bunch I got, I didn't quite honestly know what I was doing. But the more I see, the more knowledge I gain. If I start seeing you know, 10, 20, 30 in the same area, now I can start comparing. And that's when like, the learning curve really shot up. So it was good to get that deal flow. Because in the beginning, I didn't have the deal flow to compare. And that helped really create a good base for me when I started doing my own deals to know what people are offering and why and how they put it together. What was the hardest part of getting that specific deal to the closing table? Raising money, (laughs) quite honestly. Once we got over the hump of getting something under contract, it's raising money. For me, as fairly new to syndication, you've got to build up that base. And there's a lot of people that trust me based on my business successes. But getting them to put up money the first time... I had tons of people that said, I'm going to invest with you second time, the third time, the fourth time. That first time though is you're stepping out of your comfort zone and you're asking people to believe in you. So it was an experience. (laughs) Was there a secret to how you got it done or anything that was like maybe a big learning moment to how you got past that? I never pushed anyone. I just shared the opportunity. And people, when we talked through the deal, they felt confident in it. And I'm looking for lifelong relationships with people. So it's just being patient and... I don't care if they invest with me on this deal or the second deal or the third deal, but down the road, they're going to hopefully trust me because I'm producing good returns and I'm doing what I'm saying I'm doing and under-promising and over-delivering. That's my philosophy. In your opinion, what are a couple of things that are just very important for a syndicator to have a successful business? 
organization. <laughs> if you're not organized, because you're dealing with investors, you're dealing with the property management company. On the legal end, there's many things you got to check. So you got to be organized. If you're not organized, it eventually will catch up to you. So organization is key. Is there a way that you stay organized other than Google Drive or maybe some tips that you have? When I get a property under contract, I'll create a timeline so that I make sure I hit every deadline. So I use Excel a lot. Excel is a great tool. And then that can be uploaded into Google Drive as well. That's my key thing. And I'll track everything there. Investors who I've talked to, KP, everything that needs to be done, the work that needs to be done, and a workflow as well. Because I want to jump on that stuff right from the beginning too. So the more prepared I am, the more organized I am, the better off my properties are going to be and my investors are going to be. We hope that you have enjoyed the highlight show today. You can always listen to the full episodes that were featured today by clicking the links in the show notes page in the, in the description box. Let us know in the comments what you thought of this episode, or you can go to lifebridgecapital.com forward slash podcast and click the feedback button. Let us know how we can add more value to you. Thank you and talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.